Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the show, or if you are brand new, welcome for the first time. This is episode 101, and it is the last in our series on the yamas and niyamas. I don't know if you were able to listen to last week's episode, but it was a little break from the series to talk about gratitude and to celebrate our 100th episode together. Now, just a reminder that in honor of that milestone, I'm giving away five chakra readings for listeners. If you're listening the week this episode comes out, you can still go to yourchakracoach.com and enter to potentially get one of those readings for yourself. The registration will be open until December 10th, 2021, so go ahead and sign up if you'd like to see about getting one of those thank you gifts from me to you because you are all so awesome, and I appreciate you so much. And remember that if you join the Patreon page, or you're already a member of the Patreon page, you get two chances to get a reading. So that was just a little housekeeping, but I'd hate for anyone who wanted to, to maybe get a reading, miss the chance. So now hopefully, you know, and you can go to yourchakracoach.com or the link in the show notes to be a part of it. And if you all like it, I'll, I'll do it again sometime. All you have to do is let me know. If you, if you missed this one, just message me on Facebook or Instagram so that I can sort of see what the interest is. Now, we have reached the end of our Yama and Niyama series. It's been a long one since there are five of each. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the episodes exploring each one, no problem. They both build on each other and stand alone. The yamas are our guidelines for how to ethically interact with the world, and the niyamas can be considered internal work towards moral behavior. And always remembering that this isn't moral in the way so many of us think about it in the Western world, good versus bad or evil. It's really more of a way to be responsible to ourselves and our communities and our world, behavior that increases joy and peace and connection rather than detracts from it, ways to exist in harmony with ourselves and the planet and other people that create the space for us to grow and develop as human beings. It's not about punishment for doing things wrong, right? It's more about learning the lessons that this life has to teach us so that we can move along the path to enlightenment, to divine connection, to whatever it is that brought you to this podcast. That's what the yamas and niyamas are for, and they're the first two limbs of the eight limbs of yoga. And I'm probably starting to sound repetitive, but remember that I'm not using the word yoga to mean physical exercise or asana practice. Yoga 
is the practice of joining mind and body and spirit. And sometimes we use postures to get there, but there are other parts of it. I know, I know I talk about this all the time, but it really is important to remember. So many people think they can't do yoga because they have physical limitations or illness or any other bodily issue that holds them back from moving, but that's not yoga or at least not all of it. So I'm hoping this series is inviting you to think of yoga differently than you might have been and realize that maybe what you thought wasn't for you actually can be. This week is the fifth and final Niyama, Ishvara Pranidhana. The translation is surrender and specifically surrender to God or the divine. I know that for a lot of us, that gets a little sticky. If you were raised with the idea of an overbearing or punishing deity, surrendering to that force can feel like a terrible idea. Why would we surrender to something that doesn't seem to have our best interests in mind? And I understand that. So today we're we're going to see if we can expand our idea of what God might be and see if we can explore what surrender looks like in a broad way. If we can move away from the idea of God as a single entity, usually a single male entity, I think the concept gets a little easier for a lot of us. I mean, this is, of course, not every culture. It's not even close. But I know that the majority of listeners to this show are in countries where the Judeo-Christian traditions are the bulk of what we're taught. And a lot of us looking for something else, something that fills that need for divine connection, rebel against those traditions, or at least some of those traditions, because they can, they can be oppressive. Not all of them, perhaps, but enough that it, it spurs us to look elsewhere. If that's where you are right now, let's try to think of God as more of the cosmic consciousness, the, the energy that we're all a part of, rather than something external to us. For me, that's where we run into problems. We start to think of the divine as something outside of us, rather than something inside of us that is fully accessible all the time. I also know that the word surrender can have negative connotations. So let's, uh, let's get those out of the way as well. It's often thought of as weakness, the refusal to fight on, to defy what we don't like or want. But since we're working with a translation here, we have some room for interpretation. Surrender isn't the refusal to fight, maybe. It's the accepting of what is. Surrendering is the action we take when we know that fighting will cause even more suffering. I like to think of surrendering as giving away, like I surrender my anger because it's causing me more pain than it is helping me. 
I surrender the ideas I have around how other people should behave. I surrender the idea that I have any control over how other people should think and behave. We're not surrendering our ideals and principles and values. We're giving away the things that are causing strife within our hearts and minds. And part of surrendering in this niyama is giving away the idea that we are in total control. That sometimes we need to take that step into the unknown and simply choose to believe that the universe, divine consciousness, God, has our back. That we can trust that we are part of a larger consciousness. And I've I've talked before about my personal struggle with this because it gets dangerously close to abandoning responsibility and empathy. We might be a part of something perfect, but action is required within that perfection. We don't have to let injustices sit and abdicate our responsibilities to our fellow humans. And there are tragedies that are so far beyond our understanding that whether they're a part of this larger consciousness or not ceases to matter in the moment during our experience of them. Ishvara Pranidahana asks us to trust, not to stop moving. I grew up near the ocean and near a lot of water. So one of the first things I learned was to respect it. It is vast and strong and unpredictable and it can take your life. But it is also beautiful and calming and delightful and fun. I like to think of the universal consciousness like that. It's so much bigger than we are as individuals. We can't make it do what we want, even if we want to. I remember being told as a little girl, don't fight the ocean. You'll lose every time. But that didn't keep me out of the water. As a teenager, I got caught in a riptide. Actually, a couple of us did that day. Um, It's the only time in my life that I truly thought I might die. I, I couldn't see how I was going to make it back to shore and I was getting exhausted trying to swim against the current. I kept getting knocked under the surface, pulled farther out into the ocean every time and when I was under the water I couldn't tell which way was up. I was scared and I was tired. Before you ask, I didn't have some sort of big spiritual revelation or a divine message, but I did, I did eventually remember all my lessons as a child. Don't fight. Surrender. Don't try to control the water. Work with the water. Work with the current. Work with the waves. All the things that are knocking you down and threatening you are the very things that are going to help you get back to shore safely. And they did. 
I rested on the surface of the water while the current pulled underneath me and I used the time to ready myself to ride the next wave in a few feet. I worked my way sideways parallel to the shore, sometimes not really going anywhere, but not struggling anymore either. And it was slow going, but I trusted the water instead of wishing it was something else. And obviously, I made it back to shore that day. We all did. And I tell you that because I think that Ishvara Pranidahana is like that. It's the choice to surrender, not to give up, but to have faith. Faith in yourself, in humanity, in a higher consciousness. Faith in whatever means something to you. And the act of surrender isn't just to give up control, but to open up space for the things you might never have noticed when you are gripping on to what you think should be. If our hands are full of things we won't let go of, that we won't surrender, how can we ever pick up something new? I know there's that old joke about the time between throwing something away and needing it desperately is about two weeks, and I've definitely had that experience. You probably have too. The practice of Ishvara Pranidahana is the trust that what we need will come along at the right time. And sometimes it might even be better than what we had. It's such a unique facet of human beings, how we'll hold on to something we hate just to have something, even if it's hurting us, because we are so loss averse, so afraid of letting anything go. We talk about this with the crown chakra, the art of letting go, which is also the name of a book that I recommend if you find letting go challenging, which I think is everyone, at least sometimes. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We've been talking about these yamas and niyamas as steps on the path to your highest self. And one thing I'd like us all to consider is that we're not building the path as we go. In a lot of ways, the path is already there and we're just using these ethical guidelines to clear it up so we can follow it and to shine some light on it so it's easier to see. Now, this is not the same as having no choice in the matter. We can discuss all day how much choice we really have in our actions, but in the end, I don't, I don't know that it has a lot of consequence either way. Our experience in each moment is that we make decisions to do the thing or not do the thing, to stay or go, to say something or keep quiet. Every moment we choose and when we work with the yamas and the niyamas to help clearly define our personal values, then our choices are easier. Not easy, 
But even when we choose to do the hard thing, the choice itself creates that sense of trust in ourselves and in the divine. Anytime we're aligned with who we want to be, our highest self, or anything you want to call it, we're able to take that step of surrendering because we know that we're acting in accordance with the greater good, acting with integrity. And when we make mistakes or take what feels like a detour, we can just trust that whatever lesson we needed to learn was right there in front of us and we were supposed to be there. People ask me all the time to help them make decisions and my response is almost always that if they decide in line with their values, whatever happens will be fine. It's certainly not to say that there won't be pain and heartache along the way because that's part of living the human experience. But again, when we live in alignment, we can trust that we are where we need to be. And I'm fully aware that sometimes where we are feels awful. And in those places, hopefully we know or we learn that we still have agency. We have the power to change. We can change ourselves. We can change our circumstances. We can change our thoughts about our circumstances. But when we surrender to universal consciousness, we are free to take action from an aligned place rather than trying to fight and force our will on the vastness of God or the universe. To wrap up this niyama, I want to share a quote from Swami Chetanananda, an American spiritual teacher in the non-dual tradition, meaning he believes in part that we are all one and all connected. And he says this about surrender. Ultimately, there is nothing I can tell you about surrender except having nothing and wanting nothing, not keeping score, not trying to be richer, not being afraid of losing, not being particularly interested in our own personalities, choosing to be happy no matter what happens to us. These are some of the clues. The rest we learn with practice and grace. And that's where I want to leave you with all the yamas and niyamas. Practice and grace. Not performance and perfection. A journey rather than a destination, as they say. I invite you to bring the yamas and niyamas into your life every day in the ways that work best for you. Explore them. Notice how they change for you over time. Let the ancient teachings inform your modern life and see what kind of growth they inspire in you. Just observe it without attachment to the outcome. Remember that what you need is inside you already. The yamas and the niyamas and the other limbs of the Ashtanga yoga system are just keys to help you unlock it and experience your life fully and 
completely. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this series. If you missed one or several, it's episodes 90 to this one with a quick break for episode 100. Please remember to sign up at yourchakracoach.com to maybe get one of the five free chakra readings if you're interested in that. And you can always connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Chakra Coach. Message me with questions or anything that you need. Hearing from you all each week is probably my, my favorite part of doing this podcast. I hope you have a beautiful week. I love you all and we will talk again soon, okay? Bye.